Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 30. Today, Drew and I are back in Wisconsin and we're sharing all about our one month in Hawaii, the lessons it taught us, the adventures we went on, and how it feels to be back in the office. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. This episode of the Gold Digger Podcast is sponsored by HoneyBook. HoneyBook is the management software that I use to stay organized, manage invoices, get paid, and give every client an elevated, unforgettable experience. HoneyBook is offering 20% off exclusively for Gold Digger listeners. Just go to honeybook.com slash gold digger to get started and get your life back today. Hey guys, it's Jenna and I'm here with Drew and we are back in the office for the first day after being away for over 30 days in Hawaii. And needless to say, it's a little rude awakening to get back to work, but it also feels super good. So here's Drew to say hello. Hey, how's it going? And we're super excited to just kind of go through some of the things that we learned while we were away to talk through some of the lessons we learned and things we kind of figured out over time. And also to just share a little bit about our sabbatical. We truly hope it was super inspiring for other people to see us just take this time for rest. The word sabbatical comes from the word Sabbath, which we know oftentimes is a religious connotation as taking a period of rest. But It was pretty incredible, and Drew is much tanner than I am, but we are definitely sticking out a little in the gloomy Wisconsin brown kind of gross climate right now. So to kick it off, number one, the biggest thing that we learned was that we are, in fact, able to rest. So going into it, I was a little nervous. I thought that we were going to be super antsy and have like a lot of problems breaking away from work, especially because I started my business and I've never really actually taken time off. So I've kind of gotten into this cycle of convincing myself that I stink at resting, but in reality, I don't think I've ever given myself a fair shot to do it. And 
Drew and I are the kind of people where if we have work to do, we'd rather just get it done than to like hang out and put it off. We're not necessarily procrastinators. And so the biggest lesson I learned in terms of resting was that in preparing and spending the month of January really getting ready for our time of rest, I was actually able to totally disconnect and unwind knowing that everything had been taken care of. So what did you feel about resting and kind of what it looked like? Because Drew's in a different phase. He's in a period of transition. He left his corporate job of five years kind of before we left. And then how do you think I did in terms of that? Because I don't, I mean, we can just talk about it. Well, starting with me, it was kind of cool going from, you know, leaving my other job to going into my new job. So this kind of, this rest time for me was more of a, you know, get done with the old part of my life and get ready for the new part of my life and kind of prep myself and prep my my rest period and that kind of thing. So I could pop into the new world, my new nutrition and fitness life and just hit the ground running, you know, so give myself some time to prepare for that was, was amazing. Jenna, you definitely were able to, you know, get a few things done each day, but just minor issues. But you did an awesome job just stepping away and letting your team back home handle what they had needed to handle. And you were a treat to not have to be behind your computer the whole time. So I like that. It was definitely interesting to do that. And such a good lesson, I think, for both of us. Really, the only work I was doing each day was editing photos from that day. And I still years into photography, I get so excited. And so it's not a bad thing. I just love to see like, what do we do today? And I know too, a lot of people are following our journey throughout the month. So it was really fun in a way to document what we had done that day. And also I stink at making photo albums. So my big goal was that we could print off our Instagram photos, one for each day while we were there. So that was kind of a selfish way to do it. But yeah, it was amazing. And I think that a lot of times we convince ourselves that we are really bad at resting or we can't take time to rest or things will crumble if we rest. And I hope that this is proof that if you can plan in advance and really take the time to think through what are the most important things that need to get done, how are they going to get done while you're away, and how are you going to give yourself the headspace to actually take a step back It was really, really cool. We had a lot of fun just using the computer to watch some TV shows in bed. But otherwise, I feel like we did a really good job. And towards the end, I feel like we were both getting a little antsy to get back to work where we were starting to think about what the real world was going to look like as soon as we got back into it. So I feel like towards the end, we were you know, a little bit more ready, but it was pretty amazing. I feel like once we got onto island time, we were fully present. And I don't necessarily think we would have been able to take a rest like that if we had stayed here. How did you feel like when you got off the plane and when we kind of got our bearings as to where we were in Hawaii? I mean, it was easy to know just to go to the beach, take a nap. That was kind of a, (laughs) a good start to the trip. But you know, it was just a refreshing you know, feeling to get there and feel the warmth of the sun and know that this was our time to take for ourselves and recharge the batteries a little bit and, you know, just just rest up. It was amazing. So number two that we learned a lot on our trip to Hawaii is that we wanted to create some sort of semblance of a routine. So while we're at home, we're actually pretty rigid with our routine. We usually wake up at the same time every day, go to the gym, 
get to work, eat lunch together, and kind of go through this same routine. And it's no secret that Drew is a little OCD. And so we knew that since this wasn't just a trip, it was like we were living there for a month, we had to have some sort of routine. And so we did just that. And it was really helpful in terms of staying a little bit structured while also leaving tons of room for adventure. So talk a little bit about a routine that we had while we were there for the month. So we basically would get up every day around 7, 7.15, meet up with our friends Molly and Isaac when they were there, go to the gym, come back around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, you know, make some food. We had meal prep, some kale, some chicken breast, sweet potatoes, that kind of thing. So we get a little bit of a healthy routine Every day since we bought the groceries, we had to cook the stuff. So bought the food, go to the beach, and then we would either, you know, other days we would go traveling and just try to figure out where we would stop, go to a national park, go to the volcano, go to whatever we wanted to do. So that morning definitely set the tone for the rest of the the day, in which I think that also kind of helped us rest, get the workout done in the morning. It kind of helped us be ready for everything else. So we were, you had to stick to a little bit of a routine, otherwise you definitely would slip in be a slippery slope out there. You would just kind of lose focus and not get anything accomplished. Yeah. And since Drew's new endeavor is all about health and fitness, we thought it was really good for us to stay on some sort of healthy eating routine and working out. We didn't want it to be this gluttonous vacation where you come home feeling exhausted. We definitely wanted to feel refreshed. So it was really nice. We stayed in this really small studio Airbnb, but it had a kitchen. So we would go to the grocery store, buy groceries, food prep once a week, pack a cooler, sometimes with beer (laughs) and not necessarily healthy things. But that way it at least felt like we kind of had some sort of structure and then the afternoons were just open. And a lot of times we would just explore or go to different beaches, but it was really nice to create that sort of routine We also went to bed really early every night, so the time zone change helped in a way because we were going to bed about 9 p.m. and then sleeping for a good 10 hours, and that was really amazing. Needless to say, we definitely missed our dogs, but we also realized how poor of sleep we get when we're with them because they love to wake us up in the middle of the night, so getting good sleep was really awesome. Number three, and I think this one is... The biggest, strongest takeaway that we had is that we have too much stuff. So we thought we did this awesome job in packing. We did do a really good job in packing because our bag was overweight. and We had no way of changing that up. But we realized how little you actually need. We had that tiny studio apartment. We each brought a suitcase. And when we went to pack it up and come back home, we realized that we had barely worn half of our stuff. And it was, you know, very evident when you have to carry your bags, like what the heck did I pack in here? Definitely going from that small apartment back to our giant craftsman home was also a rude awakening and just knowing like, wow, we have so much stuff and we don't use a lot of it. So what was that like for you? Well, I know I packed like eight pairs of socks and only wore about two or three of them. So definitely a lot of ways to close, but it, it just kind of shows you that back home you buy more things because you think you need them when in reality you really don't. You can focus on a few outfits a week and things like that. But we also helped that we were in the warm weather and that we you know, didn't have to wear a bunch of clothes, wear a bunch of pants and coats and things like that. But it just kind of showed us that we don't need to keep purchasing things if we're not going to wear them and keep it light, keep it minimal as much as we can. And that was one of the biggest things for me was the fact that 
You know, you can be happy not have a million articles of clothing at home. For sure. Speaking of which, Drew is just cleaning out his closet right before we started recording this. I think that one of the things that we realized, especially, you know, carrying our bags and traveling and, you know, unpacking into a new closet and having just one closet and, you know, we acquire so many things and there's just so much stuff. And I think one of the biggest takeaways is that stuff doesn't really add value to our lives. And while we were in Hawaii, we really didn't shop. I bought a sweatshirt and a tank top and I think Drew bought a tank top and maybe a pair of shorts. And so we didn't ever really spend days going shopping. We didn't really feel like we needed anything. And so then when you come home and you're like, we have, you know, three bedrooms with full closets and all this stuff, I think it kind of got us in the mode to purge. And so for Lent, we are going to attempt to start just taking a bag a day and filling it up with stuff we don't need, whether that's, you know, mail you didn't go through or clothing or closets or your basement or whatever that looks like and just kind of decluttering a little bit in a way to purge a little bit more and to just value the things that we do have. Make sure that they're adding value to our life. And if you have listened to the podcast, Jess Lively's interview talks a lot about how she pretty much just owns what she can carry. And it was super inspiring to me to hear how she went from her transition from a house full of things to a suitcase. Number four was that we learned to build relationships as you go. And I think that this was super important and something that we didn't necessarily assume would happen. But I think that when you travel, it's super easy to feel tempted to not pour into relationships while you're away because it feels so temporary. Like you're meeting all of these people in passing and to invest in a relationship that you know, well, you might not ever see these people again. I think that's really, really a tempting thing to do on vacation. But what was really cool is especially because we were there for a month, we were able to build some really awesome relationships and to invest in other people and to really get to know people and create these connections. And I think we did a lot of this with the locals there, especially at the gym that we were going to and also other vacationers like in the condo units we were staying in and that kind of stuff. And then we also had friends from back home or Instagram friends that we met up with along the way. And so we were with people almost every day. What was that like kind of? It was really awesome talking to the people at the gym and just seeing, you know, one person worked at Expedia, one person worked at the local restaurant, and their husband was a scuba diving instructor. So it was cool to just kind of open your mouth a little bit and talk to some people and figure out, you know, you can get a nice deal on a trip somehow. You can figure out an easier way to get here, get there, and just kind of something simple as just saying hello to somebody could open a lot of doors as far as as what to see and where to go. Also, with the Canadians that were at our at our condo unit were also very enlightening to talk to to learn a little about the Canadian politics and culture. So that whole thing was kind of crazy. But you know, just just seeing what's out there and opening some doors was a an awesome idea we had and just kind of stuck with it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in our lives or even where we live, a lot of times we are in temporary situations and we kind of stray away from creating relationships because everything you kind of question, well, where am I going to be a year from now? Or what does that look like? But 
we were constantly exchanging phone numbers or Facebook with different people we were meeting along the way. And just, we were so open to relationships. And that was something that I think was also awesome to see is I feel like when you're on vacation, people are not on their phones as much. They're more open to discussions. We would meet people in the hot tub and have long conversations and things like that. And it was just really a good reminder that in our everyday lives, we should be more like that open to conversation and getting to know other people. I think that, you know, in our everyday life, we're so head down, we're so busy and getting to work and we don't have time for these things. But, you know, relationships just richen things up. And it was really awesome to be able to meet up with people we knew. Drew didn't know a lot of the people that we were meeting up with, but then he just really hit it off with the guys. And so he was trusting me a lot because I'd be like, they're awesome. We got to go see them. But yeah, relationships are just so important. And I think that it also just helped us kind of take a step back and, you know, as a couple and like, you know, lay in bed and snuggle a few extra minutes instead of going right to our phones or, you know, taking a nap or whatever that looks like. We were just a lot more engaged, eating breakfast on the porch, going to watch the sunset every night. There's a lot of things that we did together that we wouldn't necessarily do in regular life. But then I question, why are we not watching the sunset in Wisconsin? The same sunsets in Wisconsin as it does in Hawaii. And why are we not making that a part of our lives here? True. (laughs) (laughs) You covered it. I don't know what else you want me to say. You covered it all. Okay. The next biggest lesson is to make sure that you have good people at home. We were so fortunate to have an incredible help from my team in making sure things kept pumping and moving. Caitlin and Danny and Carrie, they were all just really rocking things while we were away and handling things. And I think it's crazy to look because even a year ago, I didn't have a single person on a team. I had no, I had no team at all. And so it's pretty insane to see the difference a year can have. And it was amazing. I gave them a lot of creativity and freedom to do what they felt was right with my business. And we very seldom spoke. And when we did, it was more about like, how are you doing? How's it going? But they handled so much for me while we were away. And It was really amazing to give them that opportunity to serve my business as if it was their own, but also to give me a chance to step back and see like, hey, you've built something that's not going to crumble in a day or a week or a month. We also left our poochies at home and we were really fortunate to have a friend stay at our house for the month and love on them while we were away. And so not only were our dogs cared for, but our house was being lived in, which was wonderful. I swear, we thought that they were going to like have a heart attack when we got home. But I think she loved them so well that they were just really excited to see us. But you know, it was, it was just really nice to take a step away from reality. What did it feel like when you came home? First of all, Maddie did an awesome job with keeping the place clean. So uh, congrats to her for passing the Drew Kuchar test of cleanliness. But it was just comforting to know that somebody was home and the dogs weren't stressing out having to go to a kennel or whatever that kind of would have been. But the fact that the house was safe, the dogs were safe. And that she had fun and was so chill about the whole situation as it is. We'd ask her, you know, like, send us a picture of the dogs. We haven't seen them in a while. And she's like, all right, whatever. Like, she was so relaxed and we didn't need to worry at all. So that's super, that was super important for us. And it allowed us to have so much fun in Hawaii and not have to, not have to freak out about our, our house being not under control. Yeah, it was good. And coming back home, it was really exciting to come back and see the dogs and just get back home to sleeping in your own bed and all of that just felt so good. 
We could have definitely stayed longer. I think that we were curious if a month was going to feel too long. But I think it's all about the mindset. Like if we would have had a mindset like it's six weeks here, or eight weeks or whatever that were to look like, I think it would have felt like just enough time because it's all where your mindset is. I always think about whenever you're working out, no matter if you're doing a set of five or a set of 10, the last few reps are always the hardest. And so in your head, when you're on vacation, if your mindset is longer, I'm sure it would feel great. And if it's shorter, I'm sure it would still feel great. So it was really awesome. We had so many people rallying around us back home from our neighbors, helping out, things like that. It just really gave us so much freedom to relax and be fully present in Hawaii without worrying and And of course, we missed our little dogs, but it was so great. I think they held down the fort and really enjoyed it. And when we got home, they were just passed out with us in bed. And it seems like everything was amazing. So let's talk about a few of our favorite things while we were there. And I'm going to sum all this up in a blog post as well, recapping like our favorite restaurants and favorite beaches, because to be honest, we pretty much went to every corner of the island. And that was what was awesome is the month allowed us to do that and to do it multiple times. So we pretty much went to every corner multiple times. And we found some of our favorite spots and got to go back and show my parents where they were and do all kinds of things. So Let's start with number one. If you could go one place for the day in Hawaii, in Maui, where would you go? I'm torn between either Big Beach, which was just south of us, just a massive, you know, really clean Big Beach, tons of air to the layout, and the water was was amazing. Between there and the town of Paella has a really cool surfing scene, so it was fun to go there, even though we weren't surfing or getting our butts kicked by the waves. It was fun to sit there and just watch the locals. It was more of a local hangout spot, watch them surf and do their thing and boogie board, longboard. The whole thing was just, it was like watching a surf contest type of deal. So it was, that place was amazing. I would say I agree with Drew for sure. Both of those places were our favorites. We went to both of them multiple times. We also loved Kapalua, which is a place we didn't really go to at all last year. We went there for dinner one night, but we didn't explore it. And we went there three or four times this year, and it's just north of Kanapali, where a lot of people usually go on vacation, and it's just beautiful. I mean, it looks like Jurassic Park. There are so many twists and turns and just totally different vegetation than the other side of the island. And so we loved going there. It was a little bit of a drive, but it was a beautiful drive, and that was super fun. If people were going to do one excursion, like a paid excursion... What would you recommend? I'm thinking in my head there could be snorkeling, whale watching, helicopter tours. What would be your top pick? Depending on the time of year, I would definitely say whale watching. If you're there between like December-ish and April in that range, there's somewhere between 10,000 humpback whales in the water there and they're jumping around and doing you know fin slaps and everything. So it's amazing to see those giant creatures. So if you're in that time frame, definitely do that. And also, we didn't do it this year, but last year our helicopter tour did an entire island tour, you know, Blue Hawaiian helicopter tours, and it was amazing to see it from that aspect and fly in right up to the waterfalls and above the mountains and everything to kind of see an aerial view, which everybody loves an aerial view of stuff, especially an island that that's as gorgeous as that is. So definitely those two things. Otherwise, the snorkeling you can always do, that's, you know, that's something you can just walk out on the beach and do yourself. But as far as a guided tour, whale watching or helicopter tours, by far. 
Yep. Those are both of my favorites too. And something that we loved is that last year when we went as full out vacationers, we did all of the recommended things. And so this year it was kind of nice because we didn't feel like there was anything we had to do. And I think that that also gave us more of the freedom to just kind of take it day by day instead of feeling like we had to have structure and, you know, plan out where in the heck we were heading. But we took my parents whale watching, which was their Christmas present from all of us kids. And oh my goodness, if you could have seen their faces, it was amazing. We did it last year as well. It's just magnificent. And we went out during sunset. And so it was even more beautiful as the sun was setting behind the island. It was really cool to see the whales and just incredible the journey that they're on, which is pretty crazy. What would you say was your favorite meal that we had while we were in Hawaii? I think the same as last year. I'm going to have to go with Japango, which was in the Hyatt Regency up in Kanapali. And Jenna is a huge fan of the you know, the sushi and also just shrimp, lobster, all that kind of thing. But the way they prepare it and the noodles and the whole broth that they, did, that they do, they were kind of becoming kind of foodies watching a lot of Top Chef and that kind of thing. We, we think we're foodies. But anyways, Japango was amazing. Otherwise, Miso Fat was the, the sushi restaurant near us that we thought we were going to go to more from going to the first night. There's just so much to do and see there. We can't really... Couldn't go there a bunch of times, but Miso Fat was amazing. Guy Fietti was also there, had his imprint there behind the behind the bar and showed his praise to the place. But amazing fresh poke and sushi. It was it was glorious. Yes, we did go to Miso Fat three times. So <laughs> we definitely made our sushi mark there. I also loved we found this area by Kahalui, which is right by the airport, and it has a bunch of food trucks. And we kind of stumbled on it, not necessarily purposefully, but it was pretty cool. There's about six different food trucks and pretty much all different kinds of food. There's like fruit bowls and pad thai and sushi and burgers and that kind of stuff. And so So it's such a neat spot to go, especially if you have people that have different cravings or tastes in food and you can try a little bit of everything. And that was also super fun. So in one word, how would you describe our month in Hawaii? I'm putting them on the spot here. We did not talk about this ahead of time. Spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) I would say restful. You know, it's been so interesting. We've been watching people's reactions when we tell them what we're doing or what we did. And it's been so interesting. I think that a lot of people draw assumptions when we tell them what we're up to. You know, we're trying to explain like how, you know, a 30 year old and a 28 year old can get away for a month and make that a part of their lifestyle. And Of course, when you're having those conversations, it's really hard to talk about the sacrifices you have to make in order to make things like that happen. It's really easy to just see the beautiful vacation photos and be like, oh my gosh, like they're just so lucky, which we are. We're so blessed and we know that, but we also worked super hard in order to make it happen. And there was a lot of risk involved. Like Drew left his job before we went and, you know, saving up and taking a month off from making income and all of that kind of stuff. And so it was really fascinating to see what a different generation thinks about, you know, younger people doing that. And so we had some really unique experiences with that as well. It definitely was, I think, shocking to a lot of people we talked to. You'd 
seem at the shave ice line or whatever and bring up the fact that, oh, yeah, how long are you here for? They'd say two weeks and we'd be here for a month. And they kind of look us up and down and be like, how the heck are you young kids here for a month? And we're six years old. We can only come here for two weeks. So I think it was kind of a shock to a lot of people to, you know, they don't really realize where the money's coming from. They kind of try to, if it's from their parents or everybody, it was kind of funny to see a look on people's faces to see that. But once they realized why we were there and the intent, they were all for it and happy that we were doing it and wishing that more people had the chance to do that. So definitely lucky and blessed that we had the ability to do that long term. Yep. And I think that, you know, we have learned a lot over the years and that, you know, if you have to convince people that you're doing the right thing, they're probably not the people that will understand that anyways. And so it was, it was really interesting. And we met these Canadians who are staying in our place and they were there for a couple months actually. And they made that a part of their life. And while they were our parents' age, we really hit it off with them. And I feel like they were the first people that really took us seriously. And they were like, wow, this is really neat. Like what an awesome opportunity. We're so thankful that you guys are taking it. And You know, if we've learned anything over the years, it was that, you know, nothing is promised with you in this life and that we're just not the kind of people that are going to wait around for someday. And it's just really important to us to, you know, follow those urges and to make them happen and to, you know, take care of ourselves and everyone else, but also to pour back into ourselves. Like we're investing so much of our time and energy into serving other people And we've learned that you can't serve people if you are trying to fill them up from an empty cup. And so it was just a really cool opportunity for us to take a step back and, you know, see what it is we want and where we're headed and also to see the transformation. A year ago when we were in Hawaii, Drew and I had the conversation about what he wanted to do with his life. And exactly one year later, we were there and doing it. And he always teased that he wanted to move there. So, you know, I gave him a month and said, well, buddy, you got to make the leap if you're going to do this. And he did it. And so it was really cool to just see also what action taking can do in your life and how that can look. Do you have any favorite nights from the trip or like any, like a day that you're just like, that was the best day? I'm trying to think right now. You're putting me on the spot. (laughs) Give me a second. (laughs) I think one of my favorite days was that we went exploring just the two of us and we went over to Kapalua and we walked through this jungle and we got a smoothie and talked to the food truck lady for a while. And then that night we went to Japango, which Drew talked about. And there's a lot of significance in that dinner because we had been there a year before and it was the day before we had found out we were pregnant. And so returning felt a little redemptive because that was our favorite meal last year. And it was also the day before everything changed for us. And so we went back again and we hit sunset there and it was beautiful. And the same Hawaiian musician was playing music and we sat and listened to it. And, you know, we enjoyed a drink and we had this wonderful meal and it just was this, I mean, it felt like a redemption song in so many ways, just getting to experience it again and to also just step back into that place that was kind of sacred to us, but also hard. And so to me, it felt like we were back, like, you know, the miscarriage and all the stuff that followed didn't have control over us. Like we were in the driver's seat of our lives and we were still moving. And so I think that was my favorite day on the trip, although there were a ton of good days. Do you have one yet? I mean, the cool thing about Maui is that you can just, there's so much to see and do 
just get up and going for a drive and, you know, pulling over at a random beach spot that no one else is there. It could be the best spot on the island to you. You know, it's just the beaches are amazing. The The countryside is awesome. So going up into the lavender farms that day was pretty cool to see the upcountry, they call it, in Hawaii, you know, up towards the mountain, towards Haleakala. And the views from there are so cool. And that's what some people's views are every single day. So realizing that, you know, there isn't just the beach vibes in Hawaii there's also you know the rugged jungle background and the drapery of the whole island you can see from out there so I can't really pick out one day it kind of blends together you know with highlights here and there but there's just so much to do and see that there's never really a, a faulty moment Unless, other than the times that it rained and we got rained out and flash flood a little bit which only was you know one or two days but other than that it was it's such a cool magical place everybody should go and check out them for themselves and it's hard to tell you all these cool things and say, you know, you got to go see this, got to go see that. But until you see it for yourself, it's really hard to put into words. Definitely. And we're going to attempt to do that on the blog and recap our favorite beaches and favorite meals and favorite coffee shop and just things like that, that we really enjoyed because we know a lot of you are heading to Hawaii and you know, we got so many awesome messages while we were there about people planning their own vacations and things and feeling inspired to plan a sabbatical, whether that's a week or a month or whatever that looks like in your life. And, you know, if I could say anything, it would be to just make it happen. You know, plan ahead, give yourself the opportunity to rest. You're not going to rest if you know that there's tons of stuff waiting for you back home. If you can have the capacity to work together or to have people help you do that so that you can actually disconnect and see what that feels like, absolutely do it. What would your advice be if anyone was throwing around the idea of taking a month somewhere or some sort of sabbatical to rest from their work? I mean, it's all about how you prioritize your life and what you want to do in life. You know, you could spend your money on clothes and on shoes and whatever else you're doing. But, you know, put a few dollars aside every day or every week, every month, whatever you need to do to reach your goals. And I know a lot of people have kids and families and school and work in the way. But, I mean, make it a priority and make it a part of your life. Traveling is an awesome way to see the world and also to kind of see for yourself, you know, how you're going to act in different ways that you might find some inspiration from some other land that's not here. You know, you might be stuck in the mundane world that you're in now with the clouds and the and the crappy weather wherever you live. Maybe you're not living in Wisconsin, but there's always so much to see and you won't be able to see it if you're stuck in your normal life. So just kind of planning ahead and making the leap, like Jenna said, planning ahead and just getting out there and doing it. I remember back in August when we finally decided to pull the trigger on this. It had been this idea. We were driving in a car. We were on a vacation for our anniversary. And we were driving from Vancouver to Seattle. And I looked at Drew and I was like, all right, are we doing this? Like, are we actually going to do this? And he's like, yes, let's do it. And within like an hour or two, I had booked pretty much everything. And so you just have to pull the trigger and make it happen and trust in a bigger plan that it's going to work out and be responsible about it. You know, we were very responsible while we were there in terms of finances and just, you know, food prepping and grocery shopping and 
planning ahead and doing that kind of stuff. And so we didn't do these crazy excursions. In fact, the only excursion we did was whale watching, but we just really enjoyed the time together and the time away and the time in the sunshine for sure. But now we are home and we are diving back into work and we are super excited. But here we're going to just kind of say goodbye and put it together. So... Do you, before we end, do you have any regrets, any things that you wanted to do when you were there that we didn't do? Oh, he was holding up his finger like I needed to answer this one. Because I'm kind of upset we didn't get a chance to go scuba diving. Also, with so many golf courses that were there, I didn't get to go golfing once. I did not get to. I just never planned it. But I guess I'll have to go back sometime soon. What do you think? (laughs) I think we'll be going back sooner than you think. The only regret, I wish you would have learned how to surf. I think that would have been really cool. And it was just, you know, we were at beaches every day, but to rent a surfboard and get instruction. And I mean, it's way harder than it looks. And the problem is, is that everyone makes it look so dang easy because they're so talented. But I know just like in business, nothing is as easy as people make it look. So I think my only regret would be that we didn't go or learn how to surf. And you, I mean, you did definitely want to go scuba diving. We didn't do that, but you know, that's okay. We can't, we can't do everything in one trip. That's why we got to go back. And I think too, we've already been talking about how we can make this an annual thing. So taking a month of rest each year, and it doesn't have to be in February each time, but like, what will that look like in our life to plan ahead and to allow for that? So are you game to do this every year? Oh yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. Okay, are there any closing remarks, Mr. Kutcher, before we sign off? Do you still love me after being with me for 33 days? We were literally apart for one hour over those 33 days. What was your biggest relationship takeaway? Just trust each other and try to listen as much as you can and just have fun together. That was the biggest thing. Love who you're with, love what you do, and just have fun. Yeah, we definitely were like way more playful and stuff, and it was good to see that and take that back home with us too. I think it's so easy to, you know, get into your routine and not, you know, take a minute to tackle each other on the bed or to slap each other in the sunburn or whatever that looks like. But needless to say, it was an incredible, incredible month away. We hope that it inspires other people to at least consider traveling a little bit more, to invest in that time with your loved ones, and to get out and see the world and just not wait for someday because we don't know if someday is promised. All we can do is focus on today. And today we are focused on getting back into our groove back home and getting back into work. And we're super excited to continue sharing what we're up to. We'll also be sharing blog posts of our favorite images from the trip and our favorite things. But until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. If you want to access the show notes, go to golddiggerpodcast.com. We have all sorts of freebies. And lastly, if this encouraged you at all, we would love to hear from you. Your reviews mean so much. I read every single one of them. And so if you are listening on iTunes and can hop on and leave a review, just a few words can really make our day. This is definitely a labor of love and something we really enjoy inviting you into. And your listening is just making a huge difference in our lives. So have an awesome day. Thank you so much, babe. I love you so much much. Aloha. Love you too. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser you.